Auto Parent Podcast with my mom. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Auto Parent Podcast, episode 30, which we're calling A Christian and a Jew Walk Into a Bar. And I can't wait for you to find out why. I'm your host, Pastor Casey Van Atticaspear, and y'all know me, so let's get to our special guest for this episode. Um, I came across this person, she popped up on my For You page on TikTok, um, and immediately I was drawn to her authenticity, her passion, her whole like overall vibe. Um, and I think the first video actually I ever saw of yours was... Um, you're talking about the details of what happens in an Orthodox uh, Jewish home when a woman is in Nida and uh, the ritual clen- cleansing of the mikveh. And it was just such a, like, a vulnerable and open and educational conversation. And yeah, so that's just, I just can't wait for you all to meet her. Um, her name is Melinda Strauss, and she is a content creator sharing about her life as an Orthodox Jew. Um, on TikTok and just, you know, she hit 200,000 followers on TikTok today, which is amazing. Um, Melinda also shares her favorite kosher recipes and works full-time as a health and wellness coach. The best places to find Melinda are on TikTok and Instagram at the real Melinda Strauss on her website, melindastrauss.com. Uh, you will find her original recipes, food photography, health coaching, and her podcast. So uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm so, so excited, honored, thrilled, humbled that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. And that was the best intro ever. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so honored to be here. This is really exciting. Um, okay. So first thing I want to say, I wore my like fanciest glasses today for you because nice. your glasses game is so on point and I love it every second of it. Well, thank you. It's so funny because I've worn glasses forever and ever. And only because of TikTok did I start upping my my game because I had one pair and everyone was like, where did you get this pair from? And I just, I was like, hi, I can't buy new ones anymore because everybody yeah. loves this pair so much. So I just started buying it in other colors. <laughs> well, and now it's a whole collection. Yeah, they are perfect. And they look so great on you. And anyway, inspired me to step out of my comfort zone. So I'm wearing my fancy glasses today. Um I also just want to mention to you too, like uh, recently you shared on TikTok about hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and this is something that I have been going through. Um, and it was just another thing that when I saw you being open and vulnerable about that, that I was like, I have got to talk to her. <laughs> like, I oh my God, the hair her. loss. Yeah. I have this rule. If I'm thinking it, other people are thinking it too. Yeah. I so if that. it's in my brain, I will throw it out there. Even if it's I don't think about how many likes it'll get, any of those things. I just know that it'll connect with somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what's happening. And I love it. I love it so, so much. Um, Okay, so I want to get into some special guest questions. Um, One of the first questions that we always ask our guests is, what is your biggest pet peeve? Okay, people who don't put away their grocery carts. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I know that there's, you know, every time I talk about this, there are people who are like, but... But there's people with little babies and there's this and then people always have, I'm like, listen, there are always going to be exceptions. But when I watch somebody, okay, it's raining or whatever, and they just leave their grocery cart behind somebody else's car. Yeah. Oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. That's a really good one. And as someone who is currently a parent of a six-year-old and a three-year-old, like I've been there with the baby stuff, but you just do it because it's common yeah. courtesy. <laughs> it's like I agree. And again, there's always going to be the little moments 
But man, just it, there's there's so many places to put your car behind, but besides behind somebody else's car, just yeah, roll it back. Your baby will be okay. Take the make the baby with you. Put back your cart. Agreed, agreed. That's a new um, that's a new pet peeve for the podcast. So I'm glad I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, okay, I want to know uh, what you feel like your greatest passion is. Sharing. I know that's really broad. Uh, but I will literally share anything that's in my heart and I don't hold back. There's no, there's no, like, sometimes my husband's like, really, Mel, are you really sharing that? (laughs) And I do think about the fact that there are children following me on social media. So there are certain things I won't share Mm -hmm. for, you know, just because they're children. And I want to make sure, even if people will say, well, children shouldn't be on the app. I don't care. They're there. Yeah. So, you know, I I will, I admit that I do curse in in real life. I cuss, but I try not doing that on, on social media because I know that there are children that are watching. So yeah. there are certain things like that, but I love sharing whatever's going on. So like you said, with the hair loss or something as vulnerable as talking about ritual purity and impurity, if it can help somebody else, or even like my favorite shampoo, right? If, if it's awesome or like, I, you know, I'm a health and wellness coach by day. And for me, it's being able to share with other people who are looking for health or weight loss. And I just, if it's, if I have information to share, you're going to know about it. <laughs> yeah, that's really evident uh, um, in how you show up online for sure. And and I love that. I love that so much about you. Um, because like you say, if you're thinking it, there are other people thinking it too. Um, and yeah, it's awesome that you're utilizing this platform in that way because it's, in many ways, it's, um, you know, it's not the way everyone's showing up on social media. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's kind of a, a beautiful thing. Okay. So, um, I always preface this question by saying it doesn't have to be a good story, but can you tell us about the hardest time or, or a recent time that you've laughed really, really hard? Just laughed in general. Yeah. Just laughed. I mean, gosh, every time I'm with my sisters, Mm. we find a way to just crack each other up. And even if it's okay, there, there was, I was just in Orlando, Florida for celebrating my son's bar mitzvah with my family and it was really just immediate family on my side and my husband's side and there was a a cockroach in in my bedroom and this is a beautiful clean rental but at the end of the day it's still florida there's still bugs and everything everywhere i saw snakes whatever and there was a massive cockroach and my sister came in and my husband was they were everyone was trying to kill this cockroach and i was like if we're moving rooms If they were like, we're burning the house down. If we yeah. can't get rid of the cockroach, it took probably an hour. And maybe that's an exaggeration. It felt like an hour, but we were on the floor laughing the entire time, scared <laughs> and hiding it wherever I could. But it was hilarious. That's amazing. That's amazing. I was actually just, um, what, <laughs> this is so funny. I was just last night laughing really hard about something that had to do with a roach, which is wow. odd. Um, but I get to hang out with our, our youth, um, on Wednesday nights. And last night I was talking about, um, my son has a peanut allergy and we had to get him tested for all of the allergies or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what all they test him for. And one of the youth was like, I think, that they test him using essence of roach. And I would like to find out if he's allergic to like roaches. And I was like, no. Are there people allergic to cockroaches? I guess, I guess. So my son's (laughs) allergic to dust mites. So anyway, they were like, I swear, one of the things they inject you with is essence of roach. And I was like, that sounds like number one, like a a kick-ass band name or number two, like some kind of, 
like terrible perfume. So anyway, I was laughing so hard about that last night, which is, is serendipitous. You were talking about That's roaches. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay. What kinds of things are you absolutely tired of hearing about on TikTok? Ooh, on TikTok. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm trying. Well, it's, it's interesting because, you know, right now there's a conflict happening in the Middle East. So what does TikTok do? They, I, I love the TikTok algorithm because mm-hmm. the more you watch things, the more you see of it. But sometimes right. they go a little too far and they only show you those things. Yeah. And I'm never going to be sick of hearing both sides of the conflict and really hearing about how people are feeling, even if it's if it's something that it feels offensive to me. Because mm-hmm. I want to hear where people are coming from. But I also really want to keep seeing dog videos. <laughs> you know? and, and like goats and, and donkeys. Yes. I love donkey TikTok because they're fascinating creatures. I just want to make sure that while I'm getting the heavy stuff, because I learned so much from other people and their mm-hmm. minds, I still want to make sure that, so it's not that I'm sick of hearing about it. I just want to make sure that I keep seeing dog videos. Yes. Uh, but that's really, it's like when things get so heavy, sometimes people say, well, just get off of social media. I'm like, but no, right. I could never. I just think it's important to balance the heavy stuff with the, with the light, which, yeah. which both can be found on, on TikTok. Yeah, that's important. That's important. I also have experienced that very same thing where I'm like, how did I wind up like on which TikTok? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and yeah, I also, I love witch tar- TikTok and tarot card TikTok, but I often find myself down in places where I'm like, have I only seen witch videos for like three days? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I, I also was curious too, like what is a, a TikTok interaction or an interaction that you had, um, in, in the comments or via message or however, um, that had an impact on you? Well, there's, there's good impact and bad impact. Which direction are we going here? You tell me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could say, I could really say both because I think one of the things that's really powerful for me is the messages that I get saying, thank you mm-hmm. for what I share, because, and I just talked about this recently on Instagram, I actually had my father on talking about it, that, you know, there are people who say, um, that if you don't speak up, if you stay silent, then you're complicit. Mm. And I don't agree with that. I think that there are some people who speak up and some people who don't. They people play their different roles and both are important. And I think that for people who don't speak up, it's a really powerful thing to, to clap for the people who are, mm. to say thank you to the people who are, because when someone speaks up, there's bravery there. And it can be really scary because you're always going to get negativity when you are a leader, when you do speak up. So by having people who are cheering on the sidelines... Yeah, it's very impactful because it makes you want to keep going. It makes me want to keep going when I know that someone who maybe they have their reasons for not saying anything, when they say to me, thank you for speaking up. I'm like, I got this. I'm going to keep going because I know it's making an impact. Yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I've never heard it articulated in that way um, until you shared that. And it, that made an impact on me. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I was really grateful to hear you uh, sort of articulate that in that way. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to let your words sit because they're better than mine. So I like it a lot. Um, okay, now it is time for a segment we call Parenting Fails, Confessions, and Wins. <laughs> FCW. I am so excited. Um, Okay, so we always start right out of the gate, parenting fails, just to get them over with and through. Um, I'll go first. I um, 
as I mentioned just a minute ago, my son has a peanut allergy. It's pretty severe, like very severe. Um, and he had been tested once before and we got the whole spiel about like, he doesn't need to be anywhere near peanuts. Like it's a whole situation. Um, we've had a few scares in between, but, um, we, moved up here uh, to DC and got a new allergist for Riggs. And I'll admit it took a little while to get all that worked out because the healthcare system is difficult sometimes. Um, insurance can be difficult sometimes. As, as a type one diabetic, I'm sure you can um, <laughs> attest to that. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I didn't manage to get my son an updated EpiPen for several months. Um, and then we were in the allergist office this past week and she, I was like, okay, she, they did, they redid the test for peanuts. She told me like, it's very severe. It's like 20 times a regular allergy. And I was like, all right, I need you to give me the talk again. <laughs> like I need you to scare the hell out of me. Like, tell me everything I need to know about this peanut allergy as if I've never heard it before. Um, and when she started talking, I realized how lax we had been um like sometimes we had the EpiPen, sometimes we didn't it wasn't like we were you know we don't eat peanuts in this household we avoid them whenever we can we always double triple check labels all of that um but there was a part of me that felt like i had been stabbed in the heart because i was like oh no like it, it could have been a potential parenting fail so i'm just grateful that um i was able to hear that and receive that from her and that we have an updated EpiPen, and that all of that has worked out but whew, it was pretty heavy so all right. My parenting fail. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of them, but uh, there's one in particular. And I still I still think about this story and I tell it over and over again. Uh, when my son was, I think he was around one, he's about to turn 13. And we were in California with family for a family event. And a cousin was getting married and we were all in this hotel having a nice meal on Sabbath together. And I... I look at my husband. I'm like, where's Zach? That's my son's name. Where's Zach? And he's like, I don't know. I think he's with your mom. And I'm like, oh, okay. And we look over and we see my mom and she doesn't have Zach. And we're like, mom, where's Zach? She's like, I don't know. I thought he was with you. <laughs> and we all realized nobody was watching Zach. Zach had, so of course we all freak out. We run out of the room and we find someone from the kitchen walking out, holding hands with my son. Oh, no. My son had wandered out of the room, wandered into the hotel kitchen on oh, his no. own and we, they brought him back to us. Thank God. Like, thank yeah. God he didn't hotel. So it's a parenting fail with a win at the end. But it definitely made us realize that you always want to make sure somebody's got an eye on your kid. Don't ever <laughs> just assume that, that somebody else has got him because he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I've had that moment as well. A little bit terrifying. And it makes yeah. you, I mean, like, I don't agree with, like, leashes on kids. But, like, it makes you think a little bit of, like, how can I keep this kid physically connected to me yeah, for a some minute. Kids wander everywhere. I get the leash. I've never done it myself because he's usually not a wandering kid, but I mean, he went where he belongs. He loves the kitchen. So he yeah. just walked away as a one-year-old into the kitchen. Oh, such a cute kid. But it, it's, I get the leashes from that perspective because if me you're too. walking around Disney and you just, you sneeze and your kid is long gone on, you know, so I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, let's shift to parenting confessions. I have, um, I have a pretty good one this week, which is that, um, a couple of days ago, I, um, I had just gotten the kids from the nanny and I was walking in to our apartment. Um, and cash was asking me, cash is my older son. He's six. He was asking me to do something immediately. Like we have to do this right now. And I was like, you know, hold on. Like I got to get my bearings about me. 
And I, I just kept saying that because he kept asking, asking, asking. Um, and finally he said, what does it mean to get your bearings about you? And I was like, I just need to like, I need to chill for a moment, like check out what's going on. Like I just walked in the door. Give me a second. So um, <laughs> I, yesterday, um, this was the day after that I had walked in and uh, Riggs, my younger son, who's three, was like, mommy, can you get me, like as soon as we walked in, mommy, can you get me goldfish or something? And Cash goes, hold on, mommy has to get her bearings about her. (laughs) Yes, so I, my confession is that I'm taking advantage of getting my bearings about me, (laughs) very much so. Like, I'm like, I need 30 minutes actually to get my bearings about me. (laughs) If you can manage that, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so do you have a confession? confessions. Well, this is another interesting one with my son. And I actually, I think this is so genius of him. I've been using this word a lot, but he, we always say to our kids, I'm sure everyone says, be careful, be careful, right? Like, oh my God, if you're crossing the street and he's old enough to, you know, walk to a friend's house, if he's going somewhere and we have one street in our neighborhood, that's a really big street. The lights are not so great. It can be a little dangerous. So we're always saying to him, Zach, please be careful when you cross the street. And he's like, mom, however much you want me to stay alive, I want to stay alive more. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Did he just say that? And he's so right. Every yeah. time I say be careful, he's like, Mom, I don't want to fall down the stairs. Like, of course. <laughs> and it's so good because we say it all the time to our kids. Yeah. And I still do it. I can't help myself. I'm like, but I, I just want you to be safe. And as a mom, we're always like thinking of, oh my God, where are all the things that could happen? He's like, of course I'm going to look both ways. You think I want to get hit by a car? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the way his mind works, but it's just uh, such a smart thing to say. And what am I going to say to him? Right. What do you say to that? (laughs) That's genius. It really is. Yeah, really is. Um, Okay. So parenting wins. This is my favorite part of the podcast. We always say that we like take them however we get them one at a time consecutive after a long um, hiatus fails. (laughs) We will take a parenting win however it comes. And mine's real short and sweet. And that's just that we hired a nanny and it was the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. (laughs) I am clapping for you right now. Be too loud on the podcast, but I am like air clapping because so smart. Thank you. It's, um, it's, yeah, it, it was a long and hard pandemic. Um, and, um, things are sort of upticking now, like things are going back in person, like our churches is going to finally start meeting in person again soon. Mm -hmm. It was just not, I mean, it was never manageable. Let me be honest. Like it's never manageable, but anyway, um, she has been the most amazing, wonderful gift. Um, and I'm still working with the mom guilt. Like it's always there. Um, but it's a, it's a damn win that I managed to, to do that and to, to move forward with it. And it's just been a gift. So amazing. We'll Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Parenting win. I don't, hmm. I'm winning every day. Yes. <laughs> really. That, my biggest thing is like, no mom is ever perfect. So wherever you could find those little things, I guess uh, we were just at Disney world and no one yelled at anyone. Nice. And that was awesome. I mean, there were still, you know, everybody got a little tired here or this or that, but there was not, no one yelled. And that was awesome. Like to go, deal to go to the most magical place, you know, it's, it's yeah. Disney and not yell. That's a big deal. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. There's so much screaming, so much screaming in my house. And the other day I was so overwhelmed by it that I tweeted, like, does the screaming ever stop? And, and one parent was like, yeah. And when it does, it'll scare you even more. And I was like, right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. As they get older, the screaming just changes because it's, it's the things you're yelling about change as they get older. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, that's a that's an amazing win. Um, I want to remind our listeners that you can submit parenting fails, confessions, and wins to the podcast if you have them. Um, you can do it via voice memo. We would love to hear your voice. So you can type them out to us on Instagram or Twitter at AutoParent. And now it's time to do a little something different. time for our get real segment where each week we take the lectionary passage and get real our lectionary text for today comes from uh, the torah exodus chapter 16 verses 2 through 4 and 9 through 15 and here it is in this hebrew english tanakh by the jewish publication society In the wilderness, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, when we ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to starve this whole congregation to death. And the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread for you from the sky, and the people shall go out and gather each day that day's portion that I might thus test them to see whether they will follow my instructions or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole Israelite community, Advance toward the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as Aaron spoke to the whole Israelite community, they turned toward the wilderness, and there in a cloud appeared the presence of the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Speak to them and say, By evening you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail appeared and covered the camp. In the morning there was a fall of dew about the camp. When the fall of dew lifted, there, over the surface of the wilderness, lay a fine and flaky substance, as fine as the frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, that is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. So, um, the first thing we sort of do is just initial reactions. So I wonder what your initial reactions are to hearing that, that piece. Well, I get it from right. They, they leave, even though they were slaves. And it's like when you're, when you're in a situation, all you want to do is be out of it. And then when you get out of it, there's a, there's always a transition and there's a, period of change and change can be really, really hard. So sometimes people would rather go back to what they knew, even if it was terrible because the transition time is so awful, but on the other side of it can be something beautiful. So I I love, you know, when they were wandering through the desert, there was, it was really, really hard for them and for them to wish it's like, in my mind, I go, how could they ever want to go back to slavery and go back to Egypt? But then when you hear the situation that we're in, there is that moment where you get it because it's, wandering the desert for what 40 years <laughs> it yeah. can be really really difficult and they were tested over and over and over again so it's just a, a very interesting thing to think about that transition that change from what we know to something that we don't know yeah i think that's that's really important um especially sometimes we call it the going back to egypt committee mm-hmm. um we're a we're a tradition of many committees and so um often 
we uh, find ourselves in places where we're trying to innovate and be creative and trying to, you know, journey into new new spaces um and those transitions can be hard as you've mentioned and and oftentimes there's a there's a cohort of folks who would rather keep it the way things are go back to the way things were um and i will say this too i feel like um when i've heard this text preach often that's a it's a tool of convenience um to sort of shame the israelite people in in this text and um i think what you're saying adds another layer to that that's really an important consideration which is that this is hard. Like it's not just groaning and wailing and complaining for the sake of it. It's this transition and these growing pains are really, really difficult and they're hungry. (laughs) They're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. I also, um, it reminds me that there's this confusing sort of relationship happening with God. Um, being, uh, sort of being rescued and led out um, and then coming, being, being promised, right. This, this promised land and then being met with like desolation and not sure what's going to happen and, um, hunger and thirst. Um, it actually reminds, reminds me of like a parent and a newborn, um, God being the parent, the Israelites being newborns, mm-hmm. um, and how a newborn cries. They don't know what else to do. They cry when they're hungry, when they have like a deep need. Um, and the parent doesn't shame the newborn for doing that, right? Um, the parent feels it. Like, so I, I, it's interesting to think of God as like a feeling presence in this, feeling the hunger, feeling the thirst, into in, intuiting it. Sure. Is that a word? Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, and hearing it and receiving it and, and showing up. Um, yeah. There's a lot of trust, right? That's one of the things in Judaism is there is so much trust. You know, we're not, there's, there are people who have trust in God and there are people who fear God. So they do based on that. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm a truster, not a fearer. Like that, the things that I do that we don't know the reasons for, I do them because I trust that everything that God does for us is for a reason, has a purpose. Even if we never understand the purpose, I believe that everything has a purpose. So and it's it's when you're thinking about them wandering the desert and starving and and yes they were in slavery but yes they were also being fed and and they're wandering the desert and there's so much trust but God was also so new to them mm-hmm. since then I mean God's been you know we've I mean God's always been around but they were just learning about the laws and about God and everything that was going on and so there's so much trust that has to be built. And so they're going through this phase, right? Like me, I trust God. I've seen thousands of years of history. Yeah. They were just starting out. So I get where they were coming from. I'm glad they moved forward and didn't go backwards because look where we are because of it. But it's so interesting just to try and put yourself in their shoes. Yeah, that's such a, uh, an interesting concept to think about how they were newly in this relationship too. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, that's, that's part of that parent newborn allegory, I'm sure as well, but that's not something I had yet considered. So that's, um, that's a part of this text that I've never even thought about that like excites me. Um, I wonder what you feel like the, the primary function of this text is in the law, in the Torah. Why is this story included? Why is it important? It's a really interesting question because with everything that's in the Tanakh, in the Torah, Every, every, not just every story has a purpose, but every letter has a purpose. Yeah. You know, if, if there's two letters that are, you know, opposite where they should be, 
there's a purpose in it. Like everything in our Tanakh has a reason. So maybe it is about change. Maybe it is about teaching us to continue moving forward and to trust because when you trust in God, God gives you man. God gives you the bread. God gives you the way, the, the, um, the, what's it called? The bird. What, what bird was it? The quail. <laughs> it's all quail. Thank you. It's all man to me in my head. I think God gave them man in the desert, but maybe that is, and I'm sure there's so many lessons to take from it. Like when you're reading from the Tanakh and you have the Hebrew English, like I love art scroll because they have so much commentary underneath mm-hmm. that you're like, well, what's the reason for that? There's an answer. There's a lot of answers because every, every Jew has an opinion. And I, I say that in a good way, but there's so many different ways of interpreting the language and the stories of the Tanakh. And so for me, I would say that it's a lesson in moving forward. Yeah, I actually felt in myself as you were talking, like some emotion rising to the surface, like had almost some tears almost fell out of my face um, because it feels like a really um, appropriate message for right now. Um, And the difficulty of change and understanding that the way we went into this pandemic is not the way we're going to come out of it. Um, And as we sort of like re-enter the world in a new way, like there's a um, there's a need for for grace and for us to um, be gentle with ourselves as we go through this change, Um, because it's fairly significant. (laughs) And I hope one of the things that I said, the way beginning of the, of the pandemic, I remember saying, cause I, every morning I go on my Instagram stories and I walk my dog and I, I tell these stories and I talk so a lot, whatever's in my head, a lot of inspiration. And one of the things that I've been thinking about at the beginning was this hope that however long this lasts, cause who knew that it was going to be as long as it is right. that change would come from it. You know, even if it was little things like in the schools where the, some really good changes have happened. Right. Because of this, or even parents and the relationships that they have with their children, that I hoped that through this really, really big test, that we come out on the other side of it, changed and not moving back to the people we were before. So that was something I hoped from the beginning, because it's kept my eyes open to all the little things that the good things, because there's been a lot of insane challenges as well. But to the little changes that have been happening everywhere, again, between the relationship with my children or the the bigger things like things happening in schools. I mean, listen, if we could get rid of SATs, <laughs> I still don't understand the purpose in SATs and regents and I'm not a fan. Yeah. So for me, I'm going, can they just get rid of them now? Now that they see that they don't really need them anymore. Right. So those are the kind of bigger changes that I hope that as the world changes from this pandemic, that they see the things that really needed to shift and actually shift and don't just go back to the way things were. Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking about hope, um, it reminds me that like without hope, I'm not sure how any of us would have survived. Um, that there, there is this sort of underlying hope in faith, um, Mm -hmm. and trust as you've already mentioned that, that God's got this, <laughs> um, and that we know the story, right? Which is a story of, um, of wilderness, mm-hmm. um, of passage, um, and of promised land. That is the story. Um, and also that, that God's blessings are many. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And most of all, God is with us as God was with 
the Israelites in, in this text, um, and in many ways preparing them for what was to come, which, you know, was a, a war, essentially, um, with the Amalekites and um, God's divine intervention in that story with Moses and Aaron. Um, so, yeah, like, it's, it's so interesting to see how God's preparation and presence um, are here in this story. And people tend to just focus on the Israelites complaining. <laughs> yes. It's, for me, it's one of the things that we do in Judaism is we, we learn and we learn and we learn about the biblical text. And we, every single year we have the same holidays and it's not just like celebrating dinner, you know, Passover, we literally sit around for hours and hours and we read text. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I used to hate it. Now I understand the purpose. I used to be like, why do we do this every year? <laughs> but one of the things that we do in is that we focus on learning the past so that we can continue learning from the past. Yeah. And it's such an important thing, even now, as we're seeing, there's so many things going on where I wish more people would learn from history because we, when we learn from history, we tend to not repeat it. Yeah. When we forget history, that's where you see things getting repeated over and over again. So by, and this text was so perfect because it is such a, it's happening now in so many ways. And it's such a th- reminder that God is with us. Yeah. And it's something I think about all the time. And, you know, one of the things with Jews, like you see men wearing yarmulkes on their heads and they wear the prayer shawls and we have a mezuzah on our doors in every room of our home. Those are all reminders that God is around us. And we keep those because humans need it. Mm-hmm. Humans who believe in God, who choose to believe in God, there's it's so great to have a constant reminder that he's everywhere because there are so many challenges that we face every day. And without that, and listen, I'm not judging anyone who doesn't believe in God. I, I just know for myself that that trust and that hope is what gets me going, gets me through every day, is knowing that even when people say some pretty horrible things to Jews, especially right now, but, you know, anti-Semitism is up like 500%. But when people make some pretty horrendous comments on my TikToks, I, I, first of all, I trust wholly in God. I trust completely that everything has its purpose, but I know that there's also going to be challenges that I'm going to face where I need to say, why is this for me? What can I do in this situation? And it all comes back to the biblical text, to reminding ourselves over and over and over again, the challenges that we've always faced. And that we will always face, at least until the Messiah comes. But that's, you know, a whole nother (laughs) story. Yeah. You know, Melinda, what you just shared, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. Um, And the goal initially was because like, okay, what do we feel like potentially is the biggest concern in our community? Who Who do we feel like is struggling the most in the midst of this pandemic and it was parents. That's what we, that's what we discerned. That's what we heard. That's what we realized. Um, and, uh, the hope was just to create a space of solidarity, right? Let's, let's share our fails. Let's share our confessions. Let's share our wins. Let's laugh a little. Let's have just a short reprieve. Um, but what this podcast has really become about is the text, um, is about, creating space for us to read the scripture in a way um, that it it continues to interact with us and that we continue to interact with it in a way that is revelatory um, and that produces hope. Um, And yeah, I mean, everything that you're saying is just so inspiring to me in this moment. And it's a reminder that like um, 
that in order to do this parenting thing, what we need is is real and present reminders of God's love and abundance and blessing with us. And to remember that no one is perfect. Besides yes. God, you know, besides God. But but I think that's even part of it is that there is no perfect person. When you read the scripture, the amount of crazy things that happen and you're like, how? How did people do these things? They were humans, like anyone else. And no one is perfect and no parent is perfect. And I think that especially with social media, there's become this idea that you have to do everything. You know, and especially like, you know, women in the workforce, let's say, right? Parents, women believe that you have to be able to do everything. And it's like, well, you can you can work and you can be a mom, you can do all those things, but just don't try being perfect at everything. Mm. Your best every day, but your best doesn't have to be perfect. I heard this quote and it was, um, how, I'm trying to remember the quote exactly, it doesn't really matter, I'll give you the concept of it, but that we don't need to be superhuman. We need to just be super at being human. Mm. Yeah. Just, do you, just try your best and know that every parent yells at their children. <laughs> every parent yells at their children every day. It's like spring. We're going to open my windows and you're going to hear me yelling at my children. Just don't judge me. That's all. Oh my gosh. I'm constantly worried about my neighbors hearing me yell at my children. So that's I just warned them. They just know at this point. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, they all have kids too. They, they all have kids. We all know. Sometimes I'm yelling at my dog also. He He's... I yell at him more than I yell at the kids at this point. They're getting a little older, so we're okay. But I've all, and that's also it, right? Is not worrying about the judgment of other parents that mm-hmm. even when they do judge, because I can promise you there are parents who are judging you, but their opinion's none of your business. <laughs> their but opinion's none of your business. I love yeah. that. That's yeah. it. It's just, just don't worry. When you're in Target and your kid is screaming and you're dragging them on the floor because all they want is a toy, you're not going to buy them let the people judge. They're not going home with your kids. So just let them, let them think whatever they want. Yeah. Oh, such helpful advice. Um, and I I mean, we've already like talked about this a little bit, but how, I mean, how do you feel like this text continues to, to show up and, and come to life in, in our, in a modern context and in the world around you? I think it's just thinking about the fact that we're always going to face challenges. Mm. We're always going to have things and, and praying to God, right? Being able to openly ask for things, being able to, and it's okay to ask for things. And it doesn't always have to be like in Judaism, we actually have prayers that we say from the text. You can use whatever voice you want. Mm-hmm. You can speak in Hebrew, you can speak in English, you can speak in whatever language you want, but it's okay to ask God for the things that you want and not just for the world peace and for every child not to be starving. You can ask for things in your own life. You can be selfish and ask for things. But if you never ask, when, how, why do you think you're going to get it? Yeah. And that goes not just for God, but for friendships and family. If you need help, please ask. Yeah. Don't expect people are just going to offer their help because everybody's got stuff in their life. If you need help, to all my parents out there with newborns, especially, mm-hmm. if you, whoever you have, even if it's just one person, not everybody has parents that they can rely on, but please ask for help. Yeah. Or whatever. If you need to shower, <laughs> ask someone to come over and watch your baby so you can hop in a shower. I remember those days. Now I just tell my kids to shoo. I use the word all the time. I'm like, shoo, go. <laughs> Mommy needs to shower. But when when they were, it's just being able to ask for help. And then, and you see, even though the Jews were complaining to Moshe and Aaron, they were, they were sure they were complaining, but they were all, they did ask. 
just took a little complaining first, like like chill, like we do, you know, when, when things are hard. But even though you're complaining, ask for help because if you're gonna complain and complain and complain, and this I tell my kids all the time, by the way, they'll be like, "Oh, I'm hungry." I'm like, "And <laughs> yes, and what 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 would you like to do about it?" I'm not just gonna get them food because they say I'm hungry. I want them to say, "Can I have some food?" Yeah. Then we'll work on please, but at least don't just complain, but also ask. Yeah, that makes me think about um, a little bit about like parenting teenagers, parenting um, uh, even your age kids, uh, um, just as they're like coming into their development emotionally, um, intellectually, et cetera, of of taking that next step, right? Um, And recognizing that... that there's a little, there's, there's occasionally some repudiation. Like I I brought you into this world, you know, like there's a, there's a little bit of that. Um, and, but also like one of the things that, that I'm, I'm already teaching my kids is so important is just their, um, understanding of self and connection to their own emotions. So, okay. Um, exactly what you're saying. I'm having this, this feeling, whether it be hunger or I'm, I'm sad or whatever. Okay. What's the next step? Um, if it's asking for something, if it's, you know, I think I might need a minute alone, um, to think more about this or, or those kinds of things, um, instilling that in our kids from young kids all the way up through, um, teenagerdom and all that brings, um, I think is, is, is really important. And also something that, that this text uh, brings to light for me as well. Yeah. And I like what you said way earlier in this conversation about saying to your kids and catching my bearings, because what are they seeing? They're seeing you needing that and they're going to learn from it too. Right. So then when they need those moments and they'll probably say the exact same thing as you, cause this is how they learn it. Right. They're going to be like, mommy, I need to catch my bearings. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yes. Cause that's, you know, we, we can't expect our kids to do if we're not doing and showing yeah. them what to do. Right. They're not just listening to the words coming out of our mouth. They're watching us. Yeah. So if you need a break, show them that it's okay to take a break. If you, if you are going to say to your kids, what can we do about it? then we as parents need to do that too because our kids are watching. Yes. They are watching. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. So if you had to, if you had to give advice um, to parents based on what we've talked about in this text today, what's kind of the one thing you would want to leave us with? Oh, there's a lot of trust, not just trust in God, but trust in the fact that, your kids will be okay, right? If we're talking from a parent standpoint, knowing that our kids are going to complain and they're going to treat us, like if we're making that comparison of of God to our children, obviously we are not God, but if you're using that comparison, there's going to be times where our kids are going to complain. They're going to want to go back to the old ways. They're going to have so much trouble with us as parents and they're going to yell at us and tell us that they hate us because that's what teenagers do. I'm sure we've all been there, but it's trusting that as long as you show up as a parent, imperfectly but you're showing up it's going to be okay you're going to get through that transition period to the other side of it maybe you'll see it when your kids are like 30 but still it's it's there it's just continuing to show up and know that you're just you're not going to be perfect but as long I heard a really great quote someone said that if you worry that your kids are going to go hungry then you're a really good parent if you worry about your children if you worry about Am I being a bad parent? You're being a good parent. Yeah. Because you're worried about them. So just just know that whatever happens, 
they, they might, when they're little, they'll forget, by the way, that's good too. (laughs) My kids don't remember me yelling at them when they were one. And even when they do remember yelling, because I promise that my daughter is almost 11 and she has memories that are holding on for dear life. And I have that mom guilt, but Mm -hmm. as long as I keep showing up, the trust will be there. We'll get through it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is just a whole word um, and a perfect thing to to end our time together on. I just want to say again, thank you so, so much for being part of the podcast. It means a lot. You've taught me so much from afar and now you've taught me some up close and it has been just such a a true and deep honor to have this conversation with you. Um, And I'm so grateful for you. I'm glad we got to do this. I know we've been back and forth for a while on it. And I'm just like, it's like, let's just do it. Let's yeah. jump in. And this is really fun for me because I, you know, I've, I've done, I've done lots of podcasts myself and I've been interviewed and it was really fun to actually go into the text. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've done that. Uh, learned my whole life growing up. I went to Orthodox schools, but Jewish schools, but it's been a long time since I really, people always ask me, what's your favorite, favorite text? I'm like, I don't have <laughs> but it's been challenging me to start thinking about it because why shouldn't I have favorite stories yeah. from the Torah? So it was really fun to get to jump in and really think again, get deep, like my kids are doing now, mm-hmm. to get deep in the text and think about how it applies to our life now. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, I want to remind our listeners, you can follow uh, Melinda on TikTok and Instagram, and you're going to want to. Let's just be honest. So um, her handle is at the real Melinda Strauss. You can find her on Instagram, TikTok, um, and just do it. Like, you're going to be so glad you did. Um, so anyway, it's been great. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Auto Parent Podcast. We're going to leave you with a parent mantra, something you can say to yourself or to your partner just to know that you're not alone. Your mantra for this week is, it is okay to ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. Because friends, if we don't believe that, it's going to be really hard to convince our kids. And remember this, You don't have to be an auto parent to be a good one. I've been your host, Pastor KC. You can follow me on Twitter at RevKCVC. Join us next week, same time, same place. You can find out more information about Foundry United Methodist Church by visiting our website, www.foundryumc.com. If you're specifically looking for information about our family ministries department or our offerings for parents, you can find those at www.foundryumc.org slash family ministries.